This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Ah, uh, horse manure. Oh, no. Horse manure. Horse manure. Horse manure. <laughs> Don't buy it. And Beth West. I'm trying to get through this without giggling, and Go it's ahead. not even funny. Class is in. This is Rock School on the Rock School Radio Show, Network Show, Network Show. Uh, <laughs> my name is Joe Burns, and the uh, lovely young lady sitting to my immediate left. What's your name over there? Beth West. Hiya, Beth. Hi. How are things at the library? Have the um, zombies attacked yet? The zombies haven't attacked, but we do have a plan in place. Fantastic. For as soon as it happens. Going to drop big books on them. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I sat in a room in which the Super Bowl was on. <laughs> oh, well, see, that, did that help? Did that help? We're, uh, we're lip-syncing this show as a tribute to Beyonce. The lights are out as the well. The lights are out. Yeah, delay of game, New Orleans, right. That's just, that's so wonderful and so correct to this city. It really is. It is. It that's, really is. If it had happened any other way, if it had been perfect, it wouldn't be New Orleans. That's very it, true. It is. There's no such thing as perfection. There's it's just getting through when things when you get a bump in the road. People who live here know there's no such thing as perfect. What no. was what was really fun was that the electric company, the moment the lights went out, the electric company immediately sent a pre-recorded message to the Super Bowl or Superdome that said, We should be out sometime Tuesday between eight and noon. <laughs> So those are my favorite jokes that came out. I know. I had a lot of favorite ones that came out immediately after. They were all really pretty good. Absolutely loved it. Okay. Today we're going to do something that basically was done for us. I'm no, a huge thanks. fan. I know. I'm a huge fan of this magazine called Mental Floss. Yes. Do you get it or do you know it? I know it. I know the the website. Yeah, I, I, I really website. enjoy it. I have, I'm not only a subscriber and have been a subscriber for a long time, but I like the online version of it. I have submitted two pieces and have, have been you? oh yes and have been turned down twice. Oh my goodness. So it is part of my existence and I've been published a whole bunch. I got a nice long CV, so, but it is my existence to get published I was about to say, in so really, mental the, floss. The point of this show is to butter <laughs> right. them up just a little bit and hope that you get in. Okay. Well, I was looking at the website and I found this piece by author Jessica Hollinger. Who's that? Well, she's just a writer, and she, <laughs> she writes for lots of places, but uh -huh. this one happened to go into Mental Floss magazine online. And I contacted Jessica, and I said, this is really great. It deals with music. May I use it? And she said, you know, very nice. Go ahead. Sure, use it. Oh, just tell me when, nice. it, when yeah. it runs. Mm -hmm. You got it. So, Jessica, it runs this week. So yep. there you go. <laughs> There's your notice. <laughs> right. She has 11 things here that music can do. 
She has here music imprints itself on the brain deeper than any other human experience. Music evokes emotion, and emotion can bring with it memory. Music can improve the memories of dementia patients. It can develop new memories, and they're even looking at music to help cure dementia. Cure dementia? Right. That's what they're talking about. Wow. So other than that, she has 11 things. So let's begin okay. with one that's I'm just ready. fun. This is her number five. Music can help with hearing loss. Well, that sounds like the opposite would be true. It certainly does. <laughs> ready for this? Yeah. It says here, music may not cure hearing loss, but it can help prevent it. A study of 163 adults, 74 of them lifelong musicians, took a series of hearing tests. Okay. The lifelong musicians processed sound better than non-musicians. As a matter of fact, the gap widened as they got older. Quote, a 70-year-old musician understood speech in a noisy environment as well as a 50-year-old non-musician, according to the study. So do you think that's because they're so used to picking out individual little pieces in music? I guess. That, you know, in like picking out their specific instrument in a piece that they can maybe kind of disregard all the other fluff? I assume. Plus, I guess the loudness of it all, you get used to it and you're able to handle it better later on. So huh. it's, it's time to turn that music up, kids. <laughs> all right. What are we going to play? On December 13th, 2000. When the Foo Fighters played in New Zealand, their concert was recorded on the GeoNet seismograph for the duration of their two-and-a-half-hour set. Okay. So what? Scientists stated for that to happen, their set had to be at least 132 to 135 decibels for a sustained period of time. So what? If that's true, they are now... The loudest band in Whoa. the world. For some reason, I don't think sustained Foo Fighters concerts is good <laughs> for your hearing, but maybe in short bursts. <laughs> maybe you're just the pretender. <laughs> Here are the Foo Fighters on Rock School. This is Rock School talking about what music can do. Once again, big thank you to Jessica Hullinger, uh, a uh, writer for Mental Floss magazine. I'm going to get published in there. I'm yep. telling you, yep. I'm going to keep you're fighting until I do. You're an excellent writer. I have read so many of your things, and you are just so great. You're God that bless Mental you. Floss people. Thank you. Here's, here's $4. That's all I happen to have on me. All right, something else that apparently music can fix, help, and do good things for. Wine snobbery. You like wine? Um... Yeah, wine's okay. Well, you don't like, I like not, beer. Okay. Well, I, I can do something else for alcohol, but we're going to do wine no, right Liz, now. Tell okay. me about wine, because, I mean, I can make fun of wine snobs all day. Well, it says here, again, I don't drink wine either. I don't care for wine. I like beer, yeah, and like if beer I have to, I will like, I like hard alcohol. I, I don't like tequila. <laughs> Thank you, no. I don't like that. But it says here, a group of researchers say 
different types of music can enhance the way wine tastes up to 60 percent. It says here in a study, wine drinkers rated white wine as 40% more refreshing when it was accompanied by zingy and refreshing music. I have no idea what zingy and, and refreshing, refreshing means. Music. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, it says here, the taste of red wine was altered 60% by, quote, powerful and heavy music but it says here oh, right okay. you know it, it has to do also with the concept of if i show up and show you the bottle right and it's you know here's a california red and it's $8 yeah a, a wine snob will go oh, oh no I, oh. I can't taste the fruity and woody aftertaste <laughs> oh shut up but if i put you inside of this really fancy schmancy neat place yeah. in new orleans and here comes a wine steward in you know a beautiful thing with this chain around his neck and the little That's silver bowl yeah. you got it and he says now this is from a private reserve yeah. and it was literally just stomped on an hour <laughs> ago by a, a woman in bare feet. And if it has an off-white label with a you nice script it. and right. you can't really read it, so half, fancy. Right, half a Picasso painting. <laughs> right. But according to this, wine snobbery, all I got to do is play a certain kind of music and I really want to know how this works. I guess, I mean, it's not like the actual music in your eardrum is affecting your taste buds directly, I guess. In some, some some kind of subconscious, <laughs> the music makes you believe it's better. In a subconscious way, the music makes you believe it's better. I wish it had that done it when so I was in true. high school and I could get dates. You know, walk around with a boombox. So, here is UB40, red red wine, right here in rock people. school. <laughs> Talking things music can do here on Rock School. We're going to play uh, 38 Special yeah. for this one. Okay. I have tried to see 38 Special three You've times. tried and right. failed? Three times I have had tickets, and three times the concert has been canceled. Seriously? Right. Do Twice? they often cancel concerts, or I, the only the three that you've tried to I go to? I have no idea. But <laughs> twice because of deaths in one of the band oh. members' family, and once, I don't have a reason, just because. Yeah. And twice it was in uh, Mississippi. Once, you know, well, the concert is being reset up yeah. for this. Okay, we'll come back. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not going again. Oh. I've three times, and I, I, I'm cursed. I cannot see 38 Special, which I'm not sure if they're even touring anymore because no a few of them have gone on to be in uh, a revamped version of Leonard Skinner. I thought you were going to say that a few of them have gone on to the next To the great beyond? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But that's not a bad way to get into our next little thing. What okay. else can music do? Fix a broken heart. Now, I'm not talking I, about rejection. Yeah. Okay. I mean a real broken heart. The kind caused by a heart attack. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about being sad. No, I That would know. be great because all the music I love is really sad. See, which is, <laughs> yeah. What is it? Uh, there's an old comedian bit. W-D-E-A-T-H. Music to kill yourself by. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's what I like. <laughs> okay, it says here, music can help patients who are recovering from heart attacks and heart surgery. How? Yes, how? By lowering blood pressure, okay, slowing the heart rate, and reducing anxiety. It says here, as a preventative, try listening to joyful music. <laughs> Not Beth music. <laughs> joyful music, songs that make you feel good. 
The research states listening to songs that invoke a sense of joy causes increased circulation and expanding blood vessels, which encourages good vascular health. Okay. So if I ever have a heart attack, play Van Halen. Well, see... Is that what amazing? if somebody that's for you, Van yeah. Halen? But if some like well-meaning nurse or something is thinking, oh, upbeat music helps these people, and suddenly subconsciously you've got like Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine <laughs> in your ear, like that would make me just be like, it's over. I'm done. I'm just a, I'm checking out now. My daughter would probably try if I went down, you know, hit the linoleum. My daughter would play Justin Bieber, and that put me right <laughs> yeah, on the ground. You're, really, you're worked. not coming back for that. Here's 38 special. What if I? I'd been the one here on Rascal. All right, first break here on Rock School. So let me pull one of these out that uh, I'm not going to play the song for. Did you do any sports in high school? Any sports in college? Oh no, no. I'm no, I'm no athletic ability whatsoever. Yeah, see, I did. I I did all of that. School to me until college was, was just. Sports, yeah. It was. I was going to class was just something I had to do so I could play. <laughs> I was the sports. opposite. I took my B in PE. I got A's in pretty much everything else. <laughs> and in PE, I was like, I drive out. That's all you're getting from me. <laughs> See, I liked it. I actually didn't have to go to PE because I was in everything. Yeah, so yeah. So I joined the key club. <laughs> sold a lot of oranges. Okay, it says here, poor sports performance can be boosted by listening to certain kinds of music, which is... You know, well, yeah. I, that's what I thought, too. I thought this was kind of a straightforward thing. However... Okay, get in the details. It says here, a 2005 UK study... UK study... <laughs> found that listening to music during sports training and before athletic performance, I am assuming that means the, the game, the meat, the, or meat, the, game, yeah. Yeah, the what have you, can boost athletic performance up to 20%. 20%. So I assume what they did is they took athletes and they said, okay, you guys listen to whatever yeah. music you want and you guys just don't. Don't. Yeah, that way you, you have lose. the control group. All I could think of is my husband was he's a still a really good runner and when he was in high school he ran track and yeah. the only time he ever skipped school was the day of a track meet so he could go home and listen to the Rocky soundtrack. Is that to true, pump himself really? up, I swear. Gonna to... fly now by Maynard Ferguson. No, yes, that's it. That's the Rocky soundtrack. Yeah, I know, but um, you know, Eye of the Tiger. He played over and over. He listened to the oh, whole soundtrack. Rocky Three. You're yeah, talking oh, about? Okay. Oh gosh, hey, hey, he's gonna hey, kill sitting, me for getting my Rockies mixed up. You're sitting here with a guy. I know. Rocky he's gonna movies, kill me for getting my Rockies mixed up. Oh, Rocky no. movies matter here. It <laughs> says sorry. here the twenty percent performance enhancement is roughly equal to the boost some athletes get from illegal performance enhancing drugs. Wow. Except the music doesn't show up on a drug test. Right? Except Justin Bieber, that does. Uh, for best <laughs> results, try a fast tempo music during and before intense training, and slower songs during the cooldown. How Makes about that? Sense. It makes sense to me. But makes sense. Yeah, see, I always listen to music. I actually used to listen to very, very hard music. And I remember one time a guy came up to me and said, no, 
it was too early in the morning? He said, no, man, let's, let's go with something cold. I'm thinking to myself, it's a song. It's not a shot of whiskey. But, yeah, it was too hard for this guy. So what are you going to do? Hello, WBSD, Burlington, uh, Wisconsin. Thanks for uh, running the radio show. Hello, KLSU in Baton Rouge, All our right. closest neighbor. That's true. Hey, get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and tell us if music has done anything to help you. We're going to be back in a minute. Give our uh, sponsor a chance to say howdy hi. Back in a minute in Rock School. All right, got to get to the bottom of the hour here, talking about uh, something written by Jessica Hullinger in Mental Floss Magazine Online. Things that music can do. Uh, I don't believe this one. Let's I don't hear believe it. It. Uh, it can help and or hurt plants, specifically droopy plants. Oh man! Okay, you ready for this? Do you okay. remember in the 1960s or 70s? I guess it was people believed if you talked. I remember to your that. Plants. Yeah, when I was little, that All was right. a lot of places. All right, here comes specifically more. Specifically on sitcoms. Yeah, here comes more <laughs> horse manure. Dorothy Ritalik, I believe is how you pronounce it, writes this 1973 book called *The Sound of Music and Plants*, which details the effects of music on plant growth. Okay, she plays rock music to one group of plants and easy listening to another identical group of plants. Uh, let's see, 73, would Barry Manilow have been out then? Uh, uh. No, right at the beginning. Yeah, I guess he would have. 72, he was doing it. Yeah, so it might have been Barry Manilow. May have been, yeah. At the end of the study, the easy listening plants were uniform in size, full and green, and were even leaning towards the source of the music. That's the easy listening. Uh, yeah, the easy, easy listening. listening. Okay. okay. The, rock, the rock music plants... Again, what rock music did you play? Was right. it Vanilla Fudge? <laughs> Come on. In 1973. Yeah. Uh, the rock music plants had grown tall, but they were droopy. Probably all on some kind of some kind of hallucinogenic. That's what I was thinking. Dude, <laughs> do you hear that guitar? They were all droopy with faded leaves and were leaning away from the radio. Ah, horse manure. Oh, no. Horse manure, horse manure, horse manure. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. What you should Not have for done a is, second. I no. don't buy it for a nope. second. I, don't also, I also don't like the word droopy. Droopy. Oh, hey. Stone Temple Pilots, Wicked Garden, right here in the Rock School. <laughs> Bottom of the hour here on Rock School. Let's say the names once again. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. Let's take a break from what's going on about what music can do for you. Do seven days in 70 seconds. I believe I have the dates here. February 4th all the way through February 10th. I believe something happened on all these dates in the world of rock music. Beth has Monday, February 4th. Go! Monday, February 4th, 1996, Rob Politis of Millie Vanilli is hospitalized after the owner of a car he was trying to steal bopped him on the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, he went bad. Went bad. Yeah, at the real end. bad. That's, that's just sad. Committed suicide. But his last name makes me want to say Pilates. It does, yeah, <laughs> which would give you a strong core. Uh, <laughs> February 5th, 2003, Courtney Love blames her potty mouth uh, for an air rage incident after she was arrested at London's Heathrow Airport. She was accused of cussing at a fellow passenger while in flight. Yeah, potty mouth. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that and all the yellow pills. Yeah, mother's little helper. Wednesday, February 6, 1990. 
trying to get through this without giggling, and Go it's ahead. not even funny. Go ahead. Over 200 women filed a class action court case against Chuck Berry, saying he filmed them while they were using the bathroom facilities yeah. in a restaurant uh-huh. he owned. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. it's not funny, but it's, it's, it's a I'm little laughing. funny. It's, it's a, a little, little funny. funny. <laughs> February 7th, 1997, Stephen Stills becomes the first rock star to record on digital equipment at L.A.'s record plant using the new 3M recording machines. Now, none of the songs were released. Later that year, Ry Cooter would become the first digitally recorded album artist with Bop Till You Drop. February 8th, 1973, Max Yazgar dies of a heart attack. He's the one who owned and donated the farm that played host to Woodstock in 1969. That's right. Now, on February 9th, 2010, aim high, sue the Air Force. Uh, the White Stripes bring suit against the Air Force for unauthorized use of their song, Fell in Love with a Girl. God, I love the White Stripes. And uh, February 10th, 1978, Van Halen 1. It's just called Van Halen, but since they start numbering them, you have to call it Van Halen 1, is released and people all around the world are stunned by the first single, You Really Got Me. They go on tour opening for, of all people, Journey. People around the world are stunned. Yes, by, by Van Halen. That's right. You <laughs> back off, my dear. <laughs> all right. I'll always tease you. Hey, do you? You, you work it in some way or another. You want to stay in that chair? <laughs> That's right. All right, here we go. Back to what music can do. Teen loitering. Ready for this? According to the L.A. Times, public libraries, malls, train stations, blah, 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 blah. Teenagers hang around these places. Yeah, they have nowhere else to go. There's right. teens always getting up to no good. And normally they aren't up to no good. I know, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. They're just like, they don't have anywhere to go. They're not yeah. old enough to drink. They don't want to be at their house. They just, they, they need Poor a place kids. to go. But people don't like them hanging around. So, it's been found now that if you play classical music the teens will leave. It states here, the theory is that when the brain hears something it dislikes, i.e. teens classical music, the brain suppresses dopamine, the pleasure chemical. The teenager's mood falls and they go somewhere else to bring it back up. So This is interesting to me because did you ever hear about how if you play classical music because it's that complicated... Mm-hmm. Sequence of whatever. Um, so it's the technical, the complicated yeah. sequence of whatever. I followed that it. for 10, 15 minutes before you take a test, then you'll do better on the test because it's the Mozart stimulation. effect. Yeah, the Mozart effect. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're doing that for teenagers, but they don't like it, and it's suppressing their dopamine. Look. Teenagers are a totally different animal. Yeah, they're a different species. From what we have been told (laughs) as parents, I have two kids. You have yet to become a parent, but it's coming. Look, teenagers were invented for one reason. While your children are young, you never want them to leave. That's why they become teenagers. So you want them to leave. Get out of my house. (laughs) Here you go. All the young dudes. It's Mata Hoople on Rock School. Second break here on Rock School. My pen is falling apart here. Can't live without my pen. (laughs) All right, let me give you one of these that we're not going to play a song for. Maybe I'll even throw another one in here. Maybe I can get two out of the way. Illiteracy. Do you play an instrument? I don't, but I understand the value of it. You should learn one. I have a piano in my house. Why don't you start? (laughs) Take lessons. I know. I need to get it tuned, and that's 
kind oh, of a that's, big deal. <laughs> open the yellow pages. I mean, open the yellow pages on your phone. There's got to be a hundred piano tuners in New Orleans who would come over and do it. Do you think I could pay them in cookies? Cookies and milk? It's <laughs> entirely possible. Entirely possible. Maybe. It depends on how the tuning business is going. I would think that you'd have no trouble getting that done. And you oh, could yeah. easily learn it. You're smart enough that... I would love to. Yeah, just 10 or 12 myself. lessons you would start to be... Teaching yourself an instrument's very hard. Yeah. Extremely hard. Every instrument that I play, and I play probably five or six different instruments, I've had lessons on every mm-hmm. single one. I, teaching it when I hear people, I'm totally self-taught. Mm, <laughs> I, I all I think of is that, that. Uh, when Ferris Bueller plays the clarinet and plays it very, very poorly, and I'm never had never had a long right. lesson. <laughs> yeah, and I hear what's his name? I, uh, Phil Collins made the statement. You know, I don't even read music. See, I don't buy that either. Well, I think I think you do. You just want to like you want it to sound English brilliant without reading English. Right. And I don't buy that. You know. Okay, illiteracy. Music helps with illiteracy. A 2009 study compared two groups of second graders from similar demographics. My assumption is both from the same school. Similar reading abilities, all of that. One group was taught music. The other group was not. At the end of the year, both kids went through the same schooling. At the end of the year, the group that did not learn music, their scores went up slightly. The group of kids that learned music, their scores were, quote, significantly higher, especially on vocabulary tests. Yeah, I believe it. I I just don't. My kids are going to be forced to learn an instrument. They just right now, I've tried to to teach them guitar. Their little hands can't seem to get on it just yet. And they're they're just not focused quite yet. Yeah, but but no. I mean, they've shown time and again that learning music makes your mind work in ways that makes it more flexible. And thus, you can learn other things very easily. And that's the thing. A lot of people get it in their head. Well, I can't can't throw an instrument on it because they're already at school and it's too much. No, throw the instrument on top because it'll yeah, help it'll with help the other them things. The brain can do that. KSCL in Shreveport. Everybody knows how to play a piano there. They do. Yeah. <laughs> in Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain, they all learn to play the maracas. That's true. I believe <laughs> That's we have a new area, don't we? <laughs> yes, a KPVL in Postville, Iowa. That's right. They what play the they... corn cob pipes. I was going to say, what, what in what in Iowa? What what's the instrument <laughs> in Iowa you're going to pull out? Back That's in a not minute. Even an instrument. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, I left this one for the second half of the show because this is one of these that, again, like at the beginning of it, we were talking about medical things. You kind of shake your head at it. Maybe, maybe not. Uh Well, this has to do with people who have brain damage. Okay. 1.5 million Americans sustain some type of brain damage per year. Roughly 90,000 of them will be left with long-term movement or speech disability. Okay. All right. Research done at the Center for Music and Medicine at Case Western Reserve University Hospitals. An actual university. Oh, I'm sure. Aware, so. Case Western <laughs> Medical Center, Cleveland, Ohio. Sounds legit. It sure does. It says here, 
when given a rhythm to walk or dance to, people with neurological damage caused by stroke or Parkinson's disease can, quote, regain a symmetrical stride or sense of balance if they are able to keep the beat in the music. And it serves as a cure for the brain. The brain rewires itself to the music. So that they gain that balance and then the balance retains once the music They retain the balance once the music goes off. Is that unbelievable? It says here, similarly, rhythm and pitch can help patients sing words they can't say. So if you're not able to speak it, there's a different part of the brain, especially people who have a terrible stutter. If you can't say it, they're teaching people to sing it it because a different part of the brain deals with singing than speech. That's very interesting. That's amazing to me. I guess it makes sense that the part of your brain that processes music is not necessarily the brain, the part of the brain that processes language. Yeah, it's amazing. It says here, a study of autistic children who simply could not or would not speak found that music therapy worked. Many of these children would not say their first words, however, would sing them. Oh. How about that? Unbelievable. Here is Pink Floyd right here in Rockstar. All right, last break here on Rock School. There's only two I haven't talked to you about. One of them has to do with low birth weight here. And, oh, by the way, thank you one more time to author Jessica Hullinger and Mental Floss Magazine online. It says here, babies born too early often require extended stays in the hospital to help them gain weight and strength. To facilitate this process, hospitals turn to music. It says here, researchers found that playing music to preemies helps reduce their pain levels and encourage better feeding habits, which in turn helps them gain weight. So That's sweet. Very nice. Mozart, again, is who they say they play. (laughs) I would play Van Halen. (laughs) Eat food, kid. Uh, The one we're going to rip up on. She called it, she, Jessica, the author, called it grumpy teens here. Because, you know, teens can be sort of angsty. Dude, I don't want to help nothing, man. (laughs) A 2008 study. A guy named Tobias Greitmeier. That's a great name. Yeah, number one. Yeah. I want to read something yeah. by a guy named Tobias Greitmeier. Yeah. Wanted to study how lyrics impacted teenagers' attitudes and behavior. Specifically the lyrics. The lyrics. Okay. So what he did is he exposed one group of teens to socially conscious songs with positive messages. Now, he says one of them was Michael Jackson's Heal the World. Okay. But there was, I'm sure there were other yeah. songs. And then other group, another group, said was played songs with neutral messages. So, yeah, nothing about helping or whatever. Then the researchers, without telling the kids they were being tested, I'm sure they were told they're being tested on the music, without being told this is the test, the researchers knocked over a cup of pencils. Okay. The kids who were listening to the positive songs not only rushed over to help more quickly, Mm -hmm. they timed them. How about that? (laughs) That's your job. But the kids who helped more quickly picked up five times as many pencils as the kids who were listening to the sort of neutral lyric songs. Five times as many pencils? That's my question. How many 
many pencils did they That's have the there? Thing. What did you have? Like a thousand, a thousand pencils, pencils in there? So, and again, someone had to count all of those yeah. and pick them did up. Did they test these kids for prior playing of pickup sticks? Because one <laughs> oh, group good. may have really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> My whole world is picking up pencils. <laughs> Were the colors of the pencils changed around? It could have had some problem with that. But apparently listening to positive message songs helps out teenagers. Hold on, there is one more I didn't play for you here. Sluggish alcohol sales. It says here that uh, play music through your store, specifically German songs. German? Right. A 1999 study showed that boosting German songs sold beer. Well, okay. That's what it said. <laughs> Playing French music boosted wine what? sales. <laughs> it's a truth. That's what it says. I don't know if it's a truth or not, but there it is. All right, back to the grumpy teens. Got to play something to get out of here, so Nirvana's as good as anything. Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth Lash. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Class is dismissed.